This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and they're now offering a free $20 bet promo code with SGP20. That's at MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20, to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for an instant deposit match of up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com and promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace for Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceforhead.com slash SGP. That's aceforhead.com slash SGP. And we're also brought to you by Sean Green. Pre-order Sean Green's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, for only $3.99. That's right, only $3.99. Just head over to the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sports Game of Podcast. This is Boston Capricliffin with Steve, the god of golf, and Stealth Shermer. What's up, baby? You ready for another uh, no-cut event? I am. I mean, last week was really good. Uh, it was a big uh, big event, a lot of money on the line. The guy who won it uh, won a lot of money, too, and I'm sure he blew it all at the casino afterwards because he's sponsored by uh, BetMGM. And uh, you know how they call the conspiracy theorists, you know. How did we miss that? I didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't miss it. I just, I, I, I mean, there's, there's so much content we deliver every week. I just... That's a little tidbit that I just, that just, you know, slipped my radar. But I mean, one of the running jokes of the, you know, with like, uh, you know, golf social media is that, so I, I'm not on Instagram, but apparently he put on Instagram uh, posts like a couple months ago saying like, he's all in on 2020, you know, pushing in the poker chips and, you know, listen, I mean, he, uh, he had a uh, Xander to bind there. He knew that Xander had uh, only top two pair and, you know, Coker had the nut flush and uh, pushed all in and, Xander called and he busted. So, uh, you know, good for co-crack guys first win. And, uh, yeah, he certainly went all in 2020. Dude, he earned it, man. Like he went out there, he went out there on Sunday and he took that course, man. You know what I mean? It's not like, uh, like obviously Xander faltered a little bit. It was 16. I think we were but yeah, man, the co-crack went out and played his ass off on Sunday and took it. And yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, we talked about him slightly. We said, listen, we got to take him a little bit just cause like he's, the kind of guy we like, right? He's long. He strikes the irons well, and if his partner gets hot, watch out. And he's somebody who you constantly play, right? And constantly disappoints. This week he finally didn't. And mm-hmm. uh, listen, if I had known he was the MGM's like sponsor, uh, I probably would have went heavier. That's that, that's a little type of dumb shit that gets me in trouble ninety percent of the time, but ten percent of the time it pays off. Yeah, <laughs> see, yeah, in the Slack channel, I made the comment that Tom Hoagie was our resident DJ just because of the uh, his nickname Casino Tom. I should have. That's my apology, guys. That I should have said that you know Coker has bad MGM, but uh, you know we had a little powwow in the Slack on <laughs> Saturday night. We talked about some of the guys are up in the you know up there. Uh, I ended up making a little small lit wager of 15 to one on Crow Crack uh, live uh, on Saturday night. So uh, hey. I was very happy to see that cash. Yeah, uh, cool. I also made a uh, live bet on uh, another guy who I will never bet on again uh, <laughs> because of uh, what happened. Uh, I think like two holes in, I wasn't even watching the coverage. And I'm like, and first I saw that Jason day, you know, this, this fucking asshole 
I'm sorry, you know, I, I swore. I don't usually swear, but he's a fucking asshole. He he triple bogeys the first. I'm like, oh, this is what I get. The ball striking was gonna, you know, fade. That's what I was worried about. And then I refresh it, and he's gone from the leaderboard. Like, what the hell happened? <laughs> he just withdraws. What, what he shoot a, He shoot a 38. What happened on that hole? Nope. He's Unbelievable. I I mean, I I, I am. Is that the that's the most Denny Green moment for a golfer? Like he really is who we think he is. Like he has there's a reason why he has the stigma of a guy who just is not mentally tough and just is constantly complaining. And that is the perfect example of why. Which it's is just funny, like, right? Because Australians are supposed to be tough, right? I mean, they were a fucking prison colony. That's how the whole thing started. The dirty British sent the Irish to Australia and tried to banish us. And uh, there's supposed to be tough dudes down there. Croc Dundee, like, come on, man. Like, he's going to toughen the fuck up. Like, Maybe, uh, maybe his heritage is more uh, from uh, the English. Has side, to be. You know? but I'm, yeah. I'm not fucking claiming that guy. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I mean, I was definitely disappointed. Like, it was funny. I, I kept watching him on, on, on Friday and Saturday. And I was like, man, fucking, like, we, we briefly touched on him. And we both, like, no fucking way. And eh, look, it ended up working out. <laughs> like, whatever. You know they what did? I mean? Like, but what a beautiful golf course, by the way. And it looks, it looks fake. Like that hole with the waterfall looks like a fucking mini, mini putt putt course. Like it's no, it, it is. I mean, like, listen, I mean, that's not really my cup of tea as far as a golf course. I like it to be a little more rugged and natural, but yeah, I mean, gorgeous though. Oh, it it really is. I mean, I guess there's a double standard. Like I, I, you know, say so much praise about Augusta national. And then I kind of poo poo this, you know, extravagant, like fake golf course that shadow right. Creek is, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it's just, it, it's, it's not a good example of how to build a golf course just because of all the maintenance, how, how much maintenance costs does, does it take to like, keep that thing up? Like between the overseed, all the water, wow. I mean, uh, yeah, no hill or mound or any, anything on that golf course is from the area. It literally was a Sandy flat waste area, probably where some people were buried, yeah. you know, that just got in trouble with the casino. So lots of holes in the desert, man. Exactly. You know, I, I actually thought about that when I, I went back in time and looked at, you know, like the old Google earth images and then got back to when it was just a flat waste. So I'm like, Oh yeah, there's probably some bodies buried, you know, yeah, under there. But, yeah. I mean, like, listen, I mean, it was cool to see. We don't see that golf of course, off often. That's probably the last time we're going to see it in a professional event again. Maybe they, but um, I mean, it was it, it showed well, and uh, it was it was it was it was good to see, and, and it provided a great tournament too. Yeah, look, it was it was a really good tournament. Man. I mean, come down to the last hole, like hey, listen, that was that was good, uh, I, especially because uh, the Tampa Bay game was already fucking over. You know what I mean? Like that was quick. Rogers did his little dick waggle, and then uh, got put in the corner, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goat came back and, uh, you know, did what the goat does. Uh, but what, so you said the match. So what, so what do you think of the match three coming out with, uh, with Backley and, and Phil versus, uh, Stephen Payton? What do you think? Oh, I, I actually really like it. I mean, here, so here's the thing, like, and I, and I actually, I, I, I posted the article on a uh, uh, pro golf Reddit and I got all these comments of like, well, no tiger. I'm not showing up. I'm not going to watch. And my, my response, I finally had to jump in. I'm like, tiger was the weak link in all of those matches. He provided zero content. And at the end of the day, this thing is for entertainment value. We want to be, we want to sit down and actually enjoy ourselves. It's not supposed to be serious. There's no energy, you know, there's no like stakes or anything. And the reason why we love tiger Listen, is because if Phil is, if Phil is on the course, there are stakes. 
There are side stakes yeah, going it's, on. It, but it's goofy. Right, 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 it's, right. it's not like we love Tiger because we want him to win. Right. We don't give a shit really who wins. It's all about just like we want to see Phil say something ridiculous. You know, I mean, like we're I'm probably going to be hacking around the course. And fucking exactly. <laughs> we want to see him split his pants like all the memorable moments from like the first match was Phil, you know, like the lead up to it, Phil saying ridiculous things like, you know, this is a hellacious seed. I'm going to send to the fairway. Um, <laughs> I don't remember anything from the match prior to the Zozo other than the fact that I saw Jason day carve a five iron out of a bunker and put it to like two feet. I mean, that was amazing. Um, I don't, the only, the best moments of the medalist match was Brady and Peyton and like Phil breaking down like putts and everything. I mean, that was, that was, that was awesome. But tiger was like the boomer who didn't know he was on mic and didn't know anything was working. So he provided nothing there at Payne's Valley. It really was about, you know, JT talking smack. But other than that, I don't remember anything that tiger did. So I don't think, I think it's going to be perfectly fine. I'm going to tune in. The one thing I really would hope though, it don't make it 18 holes, just make it nine. Like that. That's all I really need. So because like, it, it, it really it's 18 and, it's, and it's alternate shot, right? So what's crazy is, is if you so what's, so Steph and Peyton are favorite, right? Well, so, they should be. Yeah, exactly. Because think about it like from a strategy perspective. So, but Phil gets off the box and he ends up in a trouble spot and Barkley's going to get out. And like, it, I, like, I don't, I don't see how Phil and Barkley, well, it's, man, like Barkley's so bad, man. So it's, so the, it's modified alternate shot. So it's like okay. what they did a metal. So like basically everybody tees off and they take the best tee shot of the team and then, and then, shoot, and then the they alternate shot. So what happened was the reason why Brady and Phil clawed their way back in because they were down big at the turn. Oh, yeah. Was Brady started hitting the, fairways the and actually driving it well, and then Phil could hit the approach shot. So that's actually the key. You want Phil, the pro, the better player, to hit the approach shot. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think there's a any way Barkley can put Phil in a good position oh. off the tee in order to hit it. Oh. So at that point, I mean, Peyton he can get around. I mean, he hits kind yeah, of like fine. a hooky. Yeah, he gets like a hooky draw, but yeah. like. I mean, he had some good iron shots. So I think Seth, if he puts him in the fairway, he can at least, you know, hit a decent approach shot. And when the times that, you know, Peyton can hit the fairway, I mean, Seth's a really good player. I think it's like on the US uh, GA, like handicap index, you can actually follow anybody you want. So I actually stalk Steph's Curry, you know, it's handicap, but he's a pretty good player. He puts up some really good scores. So yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, listen, I, I'm not surprised that he's favorite. All right. All right. Listen, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll break down that uh, as it gets closer. I just wanted your thoughts on that for some reason. It was, uh, it was in front of my mind. Um, all right, man. So listen, we're going to uh, Sherwood, uh, you know, obviously uh, COVID stopped it from uh, going across the pond the other way. Uh, so I guess break down the course first, man, give us some, um, you know, uh, something looking at and uh, yeah, so man, break it down for us. Like you always do. Yeah. So, I mean, so the Zozo championship, it first premiered last year in the PJ tour was over in Japan. Uh, honestly, I'm not even really sure what Zozo does. I think they might be a clothing company. Maybe I, I'm not even sure, no. but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they'll bring, they'll have some commercial explain what it is. Uh, and I'll be like, Oh, okay. Well, that's Zozo. But anyway, so, uh, the moon of the Sherwood country club, golf course in a while on the PGA tour because, well, first of all, it didn't host an official PGA tour. It helps us this 20 man exhibition event called the world challenge. You know, it's been known as the target world challenge, the Northwestern mutual challenge. It's now known as the hero world challenge, which is played down at Ernie Els's course down in the Bahamas. But for 13 years, between 2000, 2013, it played host to the hero world challenge. So as far as, you know, the country club itself, it opened in 1989. It's one of the most extravagant, you know, luxurious 
premier golf courses in the Los Angeles area. There's many celebrities who are members there. Uh, guys like Wayne Gretzky, Jack Nicholson, Will Smith, Justin Timberlake. Uh, guy named OJ Simpson was used to be a member one time, but uh, apparently he got in some legal trouble uh, back in the '90s and they kicked him out. So I mean, um, I don't was, know. He was acquitted. I mean, huh? He was acquitted. I mean, I feel like that's. Uh, all right, so so alleged legal trouble. Alleged legal trouble. Yes. Be careful. So. OJ definitely needs his money, so let's, uh, let's be careful <laughs> throwing around the accusations. And by the way, as disgusting as it is, OJ is a great fucking follow on Twitter. That dude is just fucking pure gold. That well, I hope you can sleep at night doing that. So hey, listen, I, I, that is the least of that is the least of my problems. All right, <laughs> following fucking OJ Simpson on Twitter. He's a funny follow. Give it a shot if you ever come back to the cesspool called Twitter. Hey, you know what? I'm doing just fine uh, without Twitter in 2020. I'm sure it's a glorious place to be right now. So anyway, so that I digress. So uh, another cool thing about the country club too, is that if you like stalking nice houses on Zillow, there are probably, I mean, the houses that you're going to see on the aerial shots or like behind greens, they are ridiculously good. There's one house in particular, as I was scooping, I scouting out the golf course. Like I spent more time just you know, looking at houses on Google earth than the actual golf course. There's one house right at the top of the hill on number eight. I'm just so jealous of this place, not because it probably has 12 bedrooms and five bidets and three wine cellars, but the fact that it perfectly overlooks the eighth hole, the eighth green there, you see the guys hidden in and then you can see the tee shots going on on nine and 18. I'm like, I just want to stay on the edge of that property and watch and probably whoever owns it. Like, well, I mean, you know, this house is worth $8.5 million and you know, you can't even touch my, my net worth. So, um, <laughs> as far as the golf course itself, it was built by Jack Nicholas. You know, he's designed a lot of golf courses around the country, around the world. Um, you know, a lot of, of some of his trademark features are here too. Uh, the golf course itself went under two significant renovations in 2009 and moved around some bunkers, probably to curb, you know, make it a little more, uh, in play off the tee. Um, for a lot of these guys, it's not really gonna be off the tee unless they're taking less than driver on some of these holes. And then in 2015, they actually, I, I didn't know this. It was a Bermuda grass golf course, which I didn't even know existed in Southern California. I just, you know, most, I, I, I mean, like I, I, it's Southern California. So I figure it's warm there and sunny, so it should thrive. But you, I mean, usually in Southern California, you see Poa are all the places you see bent grass, you see Kakuya grass. Those are really the native grasses in the area. So, I mean, maybe I have to dig into how or why it was Bermuda, but regardless, now it's bent. I feel, I feel like you don't. <laughs> well, that's, on. that's true. So now it's bent grass and now the greens are bent grass and Poa. So it's basically a traditional California golf course. Uh, it's about 7,000 yards off, uh, in the scorecard. It's a pretty short golf course. A lot of holes play downhill too. So it's going to play a little, little shorter in that route. There's it's a par 72, but there's five par fives and five, five par threes. So that's kind of a unique feature. There's not many golf courses in the PGA tour five par five. So, uh, and all of them are pretty reachable too. I think the longest one is 580 yards. So there definitely are a lot of good birdie opportunities in play there. Uh, six of the, of the eight par fours are under 450 yards too. I mean, like they're, they're pretty well guarded and there's, you know, you can't take driver on every, every of those holes. So, you know, it might make it a little longer, but regardless, you're probably going to have, you know, a shorter iron into all these uh, par fours. Uh, it's pretty tight golf course. The fairways are 30, 35 yards wide, but there's not really a whole lot of room to miss off the fairways. And some of the fairways are shaped like a half pipe too. So if you miss, like you can get a pretty level lie if you're in the fairway, but if you miss off the fairway, sometimes you get the ball above your feet or below your feet. Then if you're heading out the rough, that's not really good news. So, I mean, 
we're kind of, you know, we talked about a couple of podcasts ago right after the U S open that, you know, it's kind of the death of driving accuracy. Well, you know, this is a golf course where it might curb it a little bit, you know, as far as, you know, it's a golf course where everything's right in front of you. You can't really cut corners. It, it really defines where the landing zones are. And a lot of the landing zones where you have to be, you, you can't use drive. You're going to overshoot it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a point and shoot golf course. It's right out in front of you. Uh, a lot of the places where you have to hit and you're going to take irons off the tree, you know, tee three woods, et cetera. As far as the greens, um, most Jack Nicholas greens or golf courses have pretty fast greens. These greens are going to run about 12 and a half at the stimp meter. So a little faster than normal. Um, as far as the size of the greens, I've seen that they're large greens, but look on Google earth. They definitely don't look big. And it might be just because there's a lot of like, they're very well surrounded by trees. Yeah, maybe it kind of looks smaller. Um, probably a lot of these greens, you're going to have to get a pretty high iron shot to get in, but because it's short, you're going to have a higher loft or iron to get into this place. So, you know, overall, I mean, like most Jack Nicholas golf courses are pretty no nonsense. Everything's right out in front of you. It's going to be a lesson driver golf course. Um, and probably hitting out of the fairway is important just because there are tricky spots off the fairway and you know, you, you don't really want to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, everything that, that I've heard and, and, and read up on this week is the same thing. It seems like it's a accuracy course, even though there's five, five, fives, there's really not many Eagle opportunities. I mean, I don't know, um, you know, exactly what they are. I mean, what's the average with this many, I mean, you got to figure that, I mean, a couple of them got to be pretty gettable, especially by some of these longer guys, you know, if they can't take it out, they should be able to get there with a three wood and a, and a long iron. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd have to go back and do the map, but none of them are over, I think 580. 580 yards. I know the second hole I think is like 530. Right. That if you basically take it over the bunker, you have about 180 yards in to yeah. basically it's over water, so it's a challenging approach shot. But right. I mean, most guys can really get there. I think another one maybe like is 540, 550. I mean, it's definitely gettable. It's not these mo- like last week we saw a 620 yard par f- <laughs> yeah. par five. Yeah. We saw a couple of par fives where it was actually more beneficial to bail out right just because there's water left. Um, it's it, it, it definitely can be done. It's manageable. I mean, you can get birdies on these holes. It's, it's not, it's not overly daunting. You have to hit two good shots, but you have to hit two good two shots. shots anyway. Basically every par five. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right. So, all right, listen, before uh, we start busting up these tiers, uh, once again, listen, we're brought to you by MyBookie.ag. at my bookie winning season means the NFL is in full swing and it's your time to win big. There's no sweeter feeling than watching your team storm back in the fourth to win the game and put cash in your pocket. Whether you're a first-time player or a veteran of the game, taking the underdogs or siding with the faves, the fact is there is no better time to get in on the action. Join now using our promo code SGP20, and you can grab a free $20 wager with your first deposit to bet on anything in the sportsbook. Is giving you the chance to make your first bet ever a winning one, and it's on the house. Nothing beats NFL action, and absolutely nothing beats free money. So join now and take advantage. Don't even think about it. Head over to my bookie now and get your stake in the game. NFL action, NBA finals, MLB playoffs. That's winning season, baby. And it begins today exclusively at my bookie. All right, man. So, all right. So it's kind of like last week. There's actually a ton of guys uh, over 10,000. Um, and I don't know if I'm just snake bit. It's just because I'm good at picking the the scrubs and I can never get the fucking upper guys right. It seems like the last two weeks, like, yeah, how, how, how Matthew Wolf work out for both of us last week? Yeah, listen, that was horrific. I mean, and I, and so, but I did what I said on the podcast, right? So I just kind of spread my, my ownership out with those guys, like 20% a piece. 
um, and, and moved on and, and took my stands other places like Answer and Neiman um, and Keegan, who didn't do a lot. But I, I ended up all right for the week, whatever. Uh, listen, we redeemed ourselves on the weekend golf, right? One and two in the weekend golf, little little, little pick. Once we got a little data and could see with our eyes who was actually playing well, uh, we were able to do it. I had Coke Red. Um, and uh, I mean, it's, I mean, look, I like Rom. Like, I don't know how you can't like Rom. Like, I feel like, uh, I was listening to, I think it was whoever does the podcast with uh, Peter Jennings. Uh, and they do like a quick little golf golf hit bet thing. And uh, I guess three out of his last four wins have been in the second week uh, of like a four-week stretch. And so this is the second week for him. He looked fine last week. Um, disappointed a little bit, but like, uh, I mean, look, he's not going to hit drivers. And uh, he's accurate. I think he'll be fine. I don't know, man, this, this whole thing has been, this, this whole tier just has me and it's just my own confidence in picking these guys up here now. Right. Cause I can't pick the right one. I like Hatton, but the dude talked about how tired he was for three days straight. He still played well, but he said how tired he was. And now he's going to play again. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, Xander, meh, like, I don't know. It's another short field. Like how can you fade him after this weekend? Like seriously, like, that's, how can you fade him? Well, I mean, so, so I've been hearing a narrative about Xander a couple times, and it basically revolves around his performance after a close call. And apparently some people are trying to connect the dots that when he has a close call, his next tournament doesn't go well. So the examples they gave was he had a close call this year at the century tournament of champions down in Kapalua, went to Torrey Pines uh, a couple of weeks later, missed the cut, I think. So, you know, there's one example where he quote unquote is hungover afterward. Uh, you had the colonial um, where he basically blew the lead. He, he was missing some short putts, lost in the playoff, went to the RBC heritage the next week. He blew it or he, I think finished like T 54. He wasn't anywhere close. So apparently there are instances in his career where he just doesn't recover. It's. I, I think that deserves to be explained a little bit more. It's more about he just isn't very good at those golf courses that he ended up playing. Coincidentally, after he had a good, you know, showing. So like Tory Pines, the knock on him is that yeah, like he's playing in San Diego, playing in his home crowd. He's never done well there. It just isn't a good golf course for him. So you know, scratch that off. It just it wasn't a good golf course fit. He's never really done one of the RBC Heritage either. He's never done well at Harbor Town. So he can't really knock the guy that he can't recover after a good week, it just, he played a golf course. He wasn't good at, but the question is, is Sherwood a good golf course for him? So, I mean, let's, I think you got kind of got to break down his numbers a little bit. So over his last 48 rounds, he's gained 1.2 strokes per round T to green uh, 0.72 per round putting. I mean, like these are really fantastic numbers. One of the best yeah. clips in the field. So, <laughs> but so where he gains his strokes T to green. So points about half of it comes off the tee and it's pretty, because he's a really good driver. He's pretty long. He's pretty accurate. So we're taking the driver away from him this week. Uh, you know, that's not great. Gains about 0.4 per round with the scrambling. And if the greens are pretty big, a lot of guys are be hitting greens. Um, you know, scrambling is not going to be as important. He only gains about 0.2 with his irons, which, you know, for a premium player like Xander, that, that, that kind of has to come up and he's definitely been better in the past with that. He's been managing to get by because he's so good in all the other areas, but at a less than driver golf course where iron play is going to be really important. I'm kind of a little concerned about the fact that he doesn't really do well in that area. So the, the only thing that maybe you want to consider though is, so there's a lot of correlated golf courses uh, to Sherwood, just based on, you know, the relative skill sets of what 
of Innis, how people Innis, do well there. Innisbrook, so, right? Yeah, so Innisbrook, Muirfield Village, um, Sedgefield Country Club, uh, yeah. TBC River Highlands, TBC Sawgrass too, apparently, just because a lot of the same principles there. Um, you know, you look at come at some of the guys who have won at uh, Sherwood Country Club, you know, your Luke Donalds, Graham McDowell's, Jim Furyk. So like, these are kind of like shorter tacticians. So, but at the correlated golf courses that we just mentioned, Sanders gained about 1.5 strokes per round on the field. So that's one of the higher clips. So I, it's, I, I'm a little torn on him. It, it's just, uh, you know, the price tag on him. Price I just, huge. I did. I didn't think I would ever see Xander as the most expensive guy. Like, like if we did a draft right now of all the players, would Xander be first? I no, don't think he would. I, I take Rob, right? And so, and you, and you mentioned it, like the correlated courses, right? So he had what six at Innisbrook. He won at uh, which is the one he just won at uh, Murfield. Uh, Murfield, right? So first and sixth. Um, and he took, I, I love, I love Rob. Like everybody here knows, like listen, I, I gravitate towards the same guys. Um, you know, I'll. I'll but I mean, there's, there's no reason to fade Rom really either. Like, I mean, unless you tell me there's, there's something off with this game. I just feel like, I mean, he's a stunt and he's coming so well at these correlating golf courses, like off, off a meh, off a meh week for him. Like I imagine he wants it. You know what I mean? He wants to get in good shape before Augusta. Like he needs to, like, is he going to play the Houston open? I don't think so. I think this is his last start. Right. And so, I mean, he, he, he wants to shop it himself up before he gets there, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, I think some of the stigma on him is, well, if you take the driver out of his hands, what does he do? Well, he's shown that he can compete on less than driver golf courses. He's said some quotes in the past that he likes these tree line golf courses. Cause it kind of reminds him of the ones he grew up with over in Spain, you know, kind of focuses, you know, himself off the tee where he can kind of pick his lines. Um, you know, another golf course that he won at is uh, he won the Spanish open twice at the, uh, I think it's called the club. De- I, I forget. Don't even butcher it. Just yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's basically he, that is another tight tree line golf course over yeah. in Spain where you can't really be too aggressive with it. You kind of kind of pick your lines. You know, take iron off the tee, take three wood. I mean, he's pretty good with those clubs in his hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, overall, I mean, I kind of wish his iron play was a little better, but this, I think, this is a golf course that is going to fit his eye, and I just think he's a better player than Xander. At the end of the day, he just has yeah, a higher absolutely. ceiling. He's, he's so, I, so I, so I, so I like John Rahm. Um, I mean, the numbers still say Hatton just because this is a European style golf course, you know, tight sight lines. It's a precision golf course. I mean, the numbers look great on him. He's gained uh, over a stroke per round T to green in his last 50 rounds, 0.7 as with his irons. He's been pretty good with the putter. He's shown he has the winning upside with it. I mean, do you buy narrative street? Is he tired or not? That's the unknown. We just don't really know. So my, I think my favorites, I mean, I don't hate Xander. I just am a little ambivalent on the price and, you know, just if this is a good golf course for him, I like Rom, I like Hatton. Okay. And then you got JT and Rory and I, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to push I'm, it to you. I'm done. Listen, I'm done. Like I was off of JT for a long while after he hurt his wrist and he came back and he wasn't right. And Every week I get suckered into JT somehow. Like I, I talk myself into him. He's the best iron player in the world. Blah, blah, blah. Like whatever. I talk myself into him. I listen to other people. I read stuff and and I just fall for it. And he just, I don't know, man. Like when you watch him out there as like, look, you know, like, listen, I, I rely on you to give me the stats. I watch and I'm like, he's just, he just doesn't have it. Like he still gets mad and he's obviously into it, but there's something off with his game right now. The same thing with Rory, like Rory, same thing with Rory. Like, I mean, he should, he looked okay. And then he just, 
You know what I mean? And then what? He had a good, no, he had a terrible Sunday, right? Was it a terrible? Well, Sunday? So, so he was up there and I think he was plus five on his last four holes. Yeah, so that's what something it was. happened. It's like, I don't, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know if these guys just, I don't know if they, I don't know if they're front runners, right? Like, I don't know if they're a front running team, like a, like a front running golfer, right? Like if I'm in front, I'm going to be laser focused in. I'm going to be making sure I'm sticking it as close to the pin as possible. I'm doing everything I possibly can. But if they're like five, six shots behind, then they don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? And they're like, ah, whatever. Like I'm just moving on to the next one. Like how sharp are these guys focused on guys who've won majors who have, like we've talked about a bazillion dollars in the bank. This isn't a major. This is a fucking whatever. This is another no cut field, go out, have fun, whatever the sponsors want to give you type shit and start sharpening up for Augusta. That matters. Right? So if they're not in the lead, are they going to give a fuck on the weekend? And if they don't give a fuck on the weekend, then they're going to hurt you with your betting and your DraftKings because that's it. Like, so I, I'm just, I can't, I can't do these guys in short fields anymore. I just fucking can't. Well, I, I think with Rory, you can pinpoint that it's, it's a fundamental flaw in his game right now. The irons just have not been good. And now it's bleeding into both his long-term and short-term. So over his last 50 rounds, he's only gaining 0.2 strokes per round with his irons. That just n- is not good enough for Rory. That's no. not even close to the levels he was showing when he was really dominant. He's ripping off like top tens every week. And his recent form, his last four tournaments, he's losing about 0.3 strokes per round with his irons. So it's just, it's not good. The putter is getting a little better. And I think that's kind of helping him have good finishes, but at a golf course where your irons probably really need to be on point this week, just because you're going to be hitting them off the tee and you're going to be hitting them, you know, into these greens. It's just uh, that that's not encouraging. And I, and I think that maybe that comes to bite him this week. The fact that he's just been so bad with that for so long, he's kind of been faking it a little bit on the, you know, out there, he's been gaining a lot of strokes off the tee with the driver, even though he hasn't really been driving all that. Maybe that bites him. And then as far as JT, I mean, listen, his irons are still pretty good but they're not good for his standards over his last four tournaments. He's only gained about 0.6 strokes per round with his irons, which is great. But, yeah, but with how you, squirrely is off the fucking tee and just burning the edges of putts. Like every time I watch him, it's like, fuck, how did it, like he has the right line and just doesn't either hits it too soft or way too hard. And then gives himself a tester on the way back. Backing him is too stressful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's, it seems like he's one of those guys that is, you'll look at his performance, like, Oh, he finished eighth. He finished ninth, but like, he just, he's never really in contention. And I think with Justin Thomas, just, I, 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 that's probably was driving our ambivalence here is the fact that he just, it just seems like there's a ceiling. I don't know exactly what it is. Is it mental? I don't know. I mean, looking at his numbers overall, I know the putting is struggling, but the ball striking is good. You would think at some point he would just have a good putting week just because guys just fall into it and it's not really happening. So I, I think I'm with you. I think I've kind of reached a breaking point as well. I think I need to take a week off from him and just kind of casually observe. I mean, like when we go to bets, I'm not going to fade. I'm not going to take him in a matchup. I don't take any firm stances like that, but just for DFS, I think I'm just going to take a hands-off approach because I think I kind of know what it is. I think it's going to be like a ninth, 10th, 11th place finish. And And I'm not really interested in that. Yeah. For that price. No, thank you. Like I, I can, I can hopefully hit some of the guys down here. This is my favorite range, uh, but real quick, I, I do want to go back to Hatton. Uh, you said he was my spirit animal. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as that. Cause he is English, but uh, I do like this dude. Uh, the fact that how mad he was getting and throwing the clubs and shit, that was awesome. That is my type of golfer. Uh, I just do. I just worry about he's tired. Like I, like I, we were, I was watching it with Tommy on, 
Uh, I think it was Thursday. And uh, I was like, dude, he was talking. He was already talking about how tired he was, like, post-round. Like, I was like, I got to fade this dude over the weekend. Didn't work out. But whatever. Like, uh, like if, if he was tired then, maybe he can get a little recoup to jet lag and go. Um, I'll still probably have a little hit. But this next range is my favorite. Like, there's so many good guys down here. So many. Um, so I'll, I'll let you jump off. Uh, give me give me your two to three favorite if you got a third real favorite. And if you got any fades in here. Yeah, I mean, I agree. This is a really good tier. I mean, I count whether well, 10 guys in here, I think five guys could probably win the tournament. Like if you told me if you put an outright on these five, I'm like five guys I have in mind. Like I, I win bad an eyelash. I, I yeah. think it's really good. Uh, I mean, I'm back on Morikawa. I just like, I, 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 I'm not ready to quit him. Like I was ready to quit JT just because the ball striking is really good. I know that Morikawa has him to have it, you know, to have a good putting week, I guess maybe this is the, this is the pivot from JT. Cause they're basically the same player right now. Just really a ball striking bad putting. Um, you know, I look at this golf course where he's really accurate, whatever club he hits, he's a really good iron player. I just, you know, I know he's probably going to put himself in a good position to at least get birdies you know, maybe this is the week it finally comes together. Um, I, I mean, unfortunately, we didn't see it. We haven't seen it the last two weeks. His putting's been just bad. So, yeah. I mean, and the golf coverage is bad because you didn't see a whole lot of them over the over the weekend either. Well, he didn't prove it. What did he get to eight under like yeah. on Friday, and then yeah, that's but, where he stayed. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't really deserve it. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think everybody's going to take Webb Simpson. This is the auto play when you have a short golf course. It's I accurate. I mean, like, listen, I like him. He's fine. Um, I, I, you know, sometimes you got to eat good chalk and this probably is good chalk. You probably can't avoid not, you know, having him in a lineup, but uh, I will say a word of caution from his ball striking has been a little overrated lately. I think he's only gained in about 0.2 strokes per round with his ball strike over his last four round four tournaments. I mean, there's some been, been some pretty tough tournaments he's played and he just hasn't showed up in, but you know, and he has pretty good history. A lot of these correlated golf courses, yep. this is naturally a golf course that should fit him. Maybe that turns him around a little bit. But you're right. The uh, irons, like the last time we we talked about him being chalk, like he, I think he started out horrific and he ended up make, making the cut. But he, I mean, he was leaving it 20, 25 feet, like almost consistently. And it was like, all right, he has a two putt to pa, you know, and he was, he was dropping some bombs to make it. But I, I, yeah, he's definitely going to be chalk and you, you got to throw some just in case in there. But I don't know if I go too heavy on him, especially with the guys around him. Yeah, I mean, I think my stance is more. I think it's fine for DFS just because I think he's going to be a fine player. This right. is more of a conversation for later when we talk about outrights. Just like, okay. you know, what do we do with him there? So, I, you know, I, I just, I, I got a funny feeling about Patrick Reed this week, and I know I had this feeling before the U.S. Open, and I decided to go the other way. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to ignore that this time. Right. I, I just like when when he puts himself in trouble off the tee because he's not very accurate. You know, he's a little sloppy off the tee, but it's mostly with a driver and. He's going to be able to put that away this week and hit a lot of irons, a lot of three woods. I think he's going to, you know, not put himself in as much trouble as he did on that Saturday and Sunday, of the U S open there. And it's also not as punishing. If he just miss off the fairway, I mean, it's, it's not like missing it like for him at like wing foot. Right. Um, you know, he has good, co- good course correlate or correlated course history as well. You know, he's pretty good at Innisbrook, pretty good at Murfield village. Um, you know, I, I actually crunched the numbers and actually calculate everybody's career strokes gained at all those golf courses. And he's gained a little over a stroke per round uh, right. at those golf courses. So, you know, that's pretty good. He played pretty well at the BMW Euro championship uh, a couple weeks ago too. So that's something that's not even in my data just because they don't keep strokes gained. Right. It's a little bit out of mind as far as a lot, you know, a lot of the, you know, betters out there too. They might've overlooked that. And I mean, like he's just, he's consistently just, 
you know, he's not usually priced correctly. I think yeah, he, he looks popular this week, but I think just people just don't like him and they just people don't want to play him. People yeah. So, I mean, like his ownership is probably a little lower than what it should be normally. So, yeah. you know, I think that's fine. I, my favorite guy though, in this tier is, um, is Victor Hovland, 9,200 bucks, just because right. he's, he's really coming on with the ball striking. You know, he had that slump in the mid season. That's right back to where it needs to be. All the dude does is just hit the ball straight, you know, hits a really high ball. Uh, you know, he doesn't show the winning upside ability with his putter. So when we talk about our race later, I'm not really going to go that far, but I think he's a solid top 10 this week. I think he's going to play really well this week. Um, and then we come to our boy, Tiger Woods. Tiger. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take, take a break. I'm going to let you talk right now. What, what do you think about Tiger this week? So I like him. I mean, is it like I do? I mean, is it, this is, this is the type of course that fits him now. And isn't this, isn't this where he holds his like tournament? Like, it's very similar to it, right? So, look, it's Tiger Woods. He's had some time off. Uh, he wants to get ready for the Masters too. Uh, he doesn't have to go left and right with his driver all day. I like Tiger this week. Uh, and what's funny is, is if you look at like his ownership, the last, you know, uh, last couple times he's played, it hasn't been crazy high. Like you got the mouth breathing Tiger people who just follow golf to do it, but they don't gamble on golf, and they don't certainly don't do DraftKings most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like we're getting we'll end up with some depressed ownership, maybe ten percent, maybe a little less. I mean, look, it's Monday or Tuesday. Christ, that's how my week's been, by the way. Uh, the, um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I like Tiger. Like, I'm not gonna go nuts with him, but dude, I mean, the price point, yeah. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, not gonna play Tiger in a course like this. My favorite guy is the one you already talked about, is Patrick Reed. Uh, I just, uh, I got a funny feeling about him too. And we both said the same thing the last time he did well too. I mean, I think we put him as our picture, right? Like, I, I think. I just, I just think he's this type of player. Uh, I think he's going to play well. Uh, he scrambles really well. You take that driver out of his hands, like he'll be fine. And he's a guy that, uh, whether the stats back it up or not, like when he lines up for like a, like a thirty-five foot putt, I'm like, he's got a shot. You know what I mean? Like he's got a shot to drain it. Like I don't know how well he plays on bank, bank greens or anything like that, but um, I have confidence in his short game. And uh, if he, if he can, you know, take that driver out of his hand and keep himself out of trouble off the box, like he should be fine. Uh, and then I'm going back to Hideki. This is it, man. This is it. If this doesn't, if this doesn't work out, we need an intervention. I'm doing it one more time. Kokrak just showed you good iron players can get hot with the putter and win. So, so this you're should saying, be his. This should be his tournament, right? He's a well, Japanese player. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. So, well, I, I just want to go back to Tiger for a second. Sure, so sure. I, I've been hearing actually from a lot of people just talking about the golf courses that they don't like tiger because they're focusing so much on just how he struggled, you know, through the summer. And I think when, what people are overlooking is a, just look at the golf courses he's been playing. He's been playing these golf courses that just oh. don't suit his game anymore. It's they're tough. long, like, right, like exactly. he, gone are the days when he can dominate a place like Torrey pines or like a wing foot. That's long, narrow. Those used to be the types of golf courses. He just loves because he just, just you know, he's just better than everybody in the field. He can't do that anymore. He doesn't have the swing speed and the club head speed in order to like, you know, get around there. So if you put him at a place where he does have to hit driver it, everything's right in front of him. Like he knows what to do. He's still a really good iron player. I actually think he's going to be really good this week. And I, I think a lot of people are probably going to miss the boat because they think about what they saw at the wing foot where he missed a cup by a mile or when he was a complete non-factor of the BMW yep. and missed the cut of the Northern trust. Just, I, I, I like him this week. And I, I, I think you're right. I think his ownership is going to be a little lower. I, you know, you're going to get the popular, you know, like play, you know, just the fans that want to play him. But I think 
some sharps might be going away from him. And I think they're turning away at the wrong time. But so Hideki, the iron play has not been as good as what you've been saying. Like, so he had a big performance at the U S open, but part of that is just because it's the U S open, there's a wide dispersion on the leaderboard. Right. So overall though, if you take that out, his last four tournaments, he's about two or average, you know, with his irons, like that's not Hideki level either. So there's a little bit of concern right now, as far as what he is. I mean, like in the putter still isn't very good. I mean, it, it if you want to end up digging my heels in on Hideki the last couple of weeks, by the way, I, I think we still like the first when we first started, I was calling him your guys, the stat nerds, God, and, and I fade him. And all of a sudden I'm fucking backing him every week. What happened? What have you done to me? Why? Are you- I think it's, I think it's because he now he no longer is a stat nerds. God, Maybe. just because he hasn't been very Maybe good. Listen, like if he is right this week, then you are absolutely right. This should be a Hideki golf course. I just, I haven't really seen it in the past couple of months out of him other than the U S open where he had a good iron week. Other than that, like he's putting up 20th place finishes. I know. I know. I know. I know. I like more this week too. I don't know. Like, I, like I'm with you on that. Um, I guess I just fade and can't let out of here. I feel like what do we think about Wolf? Do we go back to Wolf when everybody's clearly going to jump on him? Do we just uh, do we just hold our nose and go back? Because we, we, you got to assume ownership is going to be insanely low with as fucking horrific as he was this weekend. I don't know. I mean, I think I, I, I'm looking at something where I mean, pretty much everybody in this range. And I think that kind of speaks to what people feel about the nine thousand dollar range. I mean, everybody has pretty significant ownership. There's no one. There's no one below ten percent. At least what I'm looking at. It's early, but could happen. Like I'm looking at fifteen and a half percent on Wolf right now. So, I mean, yeah, I think not. people aren't going to forget what happened a couple of weeks ago. Maybe they give him a pass, and I don't think we should really forget either. I mean, like that was. Like and I and I put this stat in the Slack channel. So coming into Shadow Creek last week, he had gained 41 strokes T to green over his last four tournaments, and then he lost 12 and a half at Shadow Creek. I mean, like you don't just become bad overnight like that. Right. So I, I think I, I think what happened is is what we talked about. He's a young cat out in Vegas, like strippers and blow. Like I mean, who knows? Like I mean, th- I mean, listen, that could be the only explanation from somebody who goes from gaining that many strokes T to green. To that, to what he did this past weekend, right? Well, I mean, there's I, no I, other reason other than copious amounts of alcohol and ass. That's no, it. I actually, I have a, I have a golf reason, and I, this was part. There was something I kind of ignored going in, and that all he does is hit draws, and a lot of golf shots on that you, golf you course that. favors a fade. You and I and week. I blew through it just because. Well, it hits a high draw, it can land soft, <laughs> and I, I, I think it probably exactly what you said. Yeah, and I, I think it probably just didn't fit. And, I, and I'm an idiot at the end of the day, and I just blew through my own advice. So that might have been a reason to. I mean, he got off to such a poor start. I mean, he 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 did a little better over the weekend. Maybe he figured out he couldn't do that as much. I I don't know, but I mean, I I, think I took that okay. motherfucker off my leaderboard. I stopped watching what he did on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, that 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 was pretty painful. We both had him in the. Uh, <laughs> The listener contest, and we just that that was the reason why I think we were dead last yeah. after at the yeah, day one. But listen, I mean, like, I, I don't think you can forget what he is. <laughs> I mean, there are some t- more tee shots at this golf course that do favor a right to left shot, so you know, he can work the fade in there too. He's a pretty good iron player, hits really high shots. I don't think we can just discount it. And I, I, I'm hoping what we saw last week is not a trend because I think he's a really good player. I, I have really high hopes for him at Augusta national. Um, but I, I think he can bounce back this week. All right. All right. Listen, before we get into uh, the eight K range, uh, listen, 
pre-order Sean Green's new comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, for only $3.99. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. The album title comes from something his dad yelled after an Eagles loss. I actually remember that story. Um, if a $3.99 album wasn't enough, we also have a chance for you DJs to win big. Pre-order by 1026 and send in a screenshot to the podcast at or to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. One will get a hundred dollar cash and SGP hoodie and a chance to give out their lock dog tees on air. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. Listen, Sean's hilarious. Uh, obviously, if you listen to this, you listen to the fucking gambling podcast the nine nine times out of ten. Uh, Sean's really funny. Support this dude, man. Uh, his stand-up's really fucking funny, and uh, I've been around him. Uh, listening to him forever. So, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, just uh, go support him. Fucking four bucks, you degenerates. Go get it. Um, all right. So, all right. We have all Steve. We're already like forty-five minutes in. We're not even eight eight thousand dollars here, bro. We're gonna to, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to speed this the fuck up. Um, to, um, Why you uh, don't want to do a two-hour podcast tonight? I'm I'm ready, man. I mean, I am I am too, but I don't know fucking how many people have a two-hour ride to work, brother. The um. All right, eight thousand dollars to you. Let's go. Give me, give me your two favorite plays, two fades. All right, two favorite plays. I mean, I have four, so I get narrowed to two. I mean, I, I really like Matthew Fitzpatrick this week. I know he's English, but you know, again, like Hatton, this uh, this European style golf course, it should fit him well. His ball striking has actually really improved. Like one of the knocks on him is that he couldn't take some good ball strike from Europe, bring it over here. Um, over his, uh, he actually did really well. His irons last week he gained 1.2 strokes per round with it. Over his last four tournaments, he gained about half a stroke per round uh, with his irons. That's as good as JT was is doing. So, um, you know, he, he doesn't have to hit a whole lot of driver this week. I think that's going to be a plus for him. We know what he can do with a putter. Yeah. I like him a lot this week. I like the price point. And then I think, uh, you know, I like Neiman again this week. Uh, finally, he showed pretty well with the ball striking. The problem is he's going to be really popular. And, and I look at his outrights. He's 35 to one this week. I really hate yeah, that. Rich. Yeah, that's true. Rich, but I, the 8,400 bucks is a little more palatable to me. So uh, he has good course history um, at some of the correlated golf courses. You know, part of my concern is that he's been really good with the putter lately. I know that. You know, he just isn't this good, but I think it's not like four or five tournaments in a row. He's done really well. So could that could fall out? Um, I know you said too. I'm going to say one more. I love Sanjay this week. Uh, he's been really streaky. Oh, he's been following up, you know, bad performances. Yo-yo with good. He, he really has, but you know, just, just over his last 16 rounds, he's really been, been really good tee to green. The putter has been streaky, but he has shown winning upside form there. And actually we had a little conversation about expected value with outright bets and most expected value that you place on outright. Basically the long short is most bets you make are terrible. It's going to, it's negative EV, it's golf. but, but yeah, but what, but one of the, but data golf, you know, calculate this. And one of the few guys that actually has positive EV for that rights is song J M. So, really? you know, so yeah. I, I think, you know, maybe there's a little bit of value here. I just think based on ceiling, I think he's figured things out after his mid season slump. I like him here too. So listen, we were both fucking all of them last week. I was like, he's back. Yay. I was all excited. I fucking, I had, I, I was well over the field on, on him last week. Uh, but and listen, uh, I'm with you. Like, uh, listen, it was a yo-yo up and down. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't, it was under way over or it was over under way over under again. Like it's like, all right, well, uh, let's, let's steady it out a little bit and we'll come back. I'm on him again this week too. Uh, Neiman, uh, yes. Back on Neiman. Uh, were you on Neiman last week? Who were we arguing about last week? Was it Neiman or Answer? It was oh. Answer. Okay, all right, fair enough. 
<laughs> so I'm back on Neiman this week, just like you said. Um, and you know who else is on this week? Oh. Daniel Berger. Oh, man. Really? <laughs> I'm getting on when everybody else is getting off. Let's go. Like, uh, listen. Uh, okay, ex- 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 explain yourself. What What has Daniel Berger, what did he show last week that you want to get on him this week? Nothing. nothing. Literally, like that. I mean, he didn't show me anything that like made me really want to jump on it. But he has decent course history at the Coraline courses, right? Uh, let me look it up and keep talking. I'll yeah. Look, so I'll he's got decent. Me. He's got decent that. And listen, my natural tendency is to zig when other people zag, right? I mean, it just is, especially in a GPP uh, like golf tournament, right? If all of a sudden somebody who was priced up, you know, eleven hundred dollars more than he is now. Uh, getting priced down in a no cut event. He didn't look terrible last week, middle of the pack, like whatever. He can make some birdies. Like his DK scoring wasn't terrible. Um, if he could put it together a little bit, if if I can get him at low ownership when he was like chalky, chalk, chalk, chalk for fucking four weeks straight, if I can get him at low ownership and, and he can putt, then I think I'll be all right. Okay. So the ownership, you're right. It is depressed. I'm seeing maybe around 11, 12%. So yep. yes, you are getting on when people are getting off. Uh, as far as correlate golf course, it's okay. Uh, I calculate it out. He's getting about half a shot per round on the field. So it's fine. It's fine. It's just a gut. It's a gut go the other way. And it's almost just like, I want to get on him when Steve's off of him and watch him hit and just kind of, <laughs> I mean, listen, this is, this is the perfect encapsulation of this podcast. I'm getting off because the stats tell me to get off. You're getting on because it's a gut feeling. So right. it's time for you guys to decide who's right here. Listen, if you're smart, you'll go with Steve, but listen, the gut handicapper comes through too, boys. The uh, I'm better with the, uh, the dog shit guys at the bottom. Cause I actually watched them for some reason. And uh, I'm like, Oh, all right. Uh, I can find value. That's my big thing is, is my big thing is finding the value with pricing on D- DFS. Like, I don't know. Like I, I see, I don't know. I feel like I have that down pretty well. Um, all right. So uh, phase in this area, fuck Fleetwood. Cause <laughs> fuck Fleetwood. Cause that, I mean, I, we should almost make those t-shirts. At least for me, you don't have to put your name on him. But this guy is so fucking overrated just because he has long hair and he's English. Uh, I'm, I, like I, I've ranted long enough about that dude, um, uh, Scotty Scheffler. He didn't look like himself again. Uh, the COVID thing, and uh, that's that's too bad, by the way. It is. I mean, let's see. Maybe get another. We get another week. Come down a little bit. We'll see. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm in wait and see mode with him. At yeah, time. and that's probably the best way to go about it. And uh, as far as Bubba goes, uh, I'll let you talk about him. He is getting talked up on. I, I've actually I've done much less research this week already. Uh, I've been super busy at work, but uh, the couple things that I have read and listened to, oh boy, everybody seems to love Bubba. That's fucking terrifying. They do. I mean, I think they're looking at the, his recent uh, form just because that has been. Stellar, and this was this was one of my stat of the days that I just decided just throw in the Slack channel. So over everybody's last four tournaments, uh, Dustin Johnson has the most strokes gained tee to green, like something absurd, like two point six. Like we know he's been great. Second on that list was Bubba Watson. He's gained two strokes per round tee to green, and the putter has been letting him down, but he's been amazing. Like he actually got to a really slow start at Shadow Creek and then climbed up the leaderboard because he was just a god tee to green, and he was a guy I really liked last week. I pointed out that there's a lot of shots at shadow Creek where you had to right. bend the ball in. Like it, it really fit his style here. You have to have, you have to hit the ball really straight. Like everything, like you got to pick your target and Bubba doesn't hit a very straight shot. So 
You know, I, I think a lot of people are getting swept up about the recent form. I don't think they're looking at this golf course. And, you know, when they do, they say, well, he's played the world, you know, the world, you know, challenge before, you know, the golf course, his results at the world challenge were not that good. Like, I think he finished fifth one time, but that's out of 20 guys. And the time he finished fifth, he was 12 shots behind the leader. You know, a couple other times he finished around one under even. So the golf course, he hasn't really played well here. I'm just going to say, be careful just in the fact that, listen, he is playing really good right now. I, I can't deny that with a stat say, I just don't think he's that good of a fit for this golf course. I think it handcuffs him a little bit. I don't think it's going to go well for him. And you know, if, if he doesn't do well this week, I would not be all that discouraged. I think he's shown well enough the past couple of tournaments where, you know, if you want to jump back on him at Augusta, he's done enough. You can do that. But this his, his Nash's career versus the rest of his golf career is fucking insane. Yeah, it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's Augusta, ridiculous. it's Rivi area, and it's uh, TBC River Highlands. That's it's basically not, his career. Isn't yeah. that insane? It's so yep. weird. And, and Tory, he's pretty good. He's pretty good at Tory too. But yeah. um, I mean, overall, I, I'm gonna take a hands-off approach. I'm gonna let everybody else do it. I just have a gut call that just this just isn't a golf course for him. Right. I'll still sprinkle a little bit in just because if, if like. It's it's not like football, like where you can like fade like some of the good jock and, and pivot to somebody on that area that has the same whatever projected outlook. Like I feel like I'll, he'll be very like I'm the, I'll be a fifth of the field, right? So if I do twenty lineups and he's twenty percent owned, I'll have one, <laughs> you know, one lineup with Bubba just in fuck. Um, yeah, I, I guess I I think that's just the the message. I think I I'm tempering expectations this yeah. week, and I, I think you're right. Yeah, in, in a GPP, yeah, I'll have a lineup just because the stats tell me I should. Right, and but, everybody else is going to have him. So if he does hit, you you got to have him. Right. Yeah, so, so. I'm just I, I'm tempering expectations because I look at this golf course, I don't see it as a Bubba golf course. All right, word. All right, so uh, we're down to uh, the seven to eight thousand dollar range. Who went first on the last one? Me or you? I think I went first. So why don't you jump up? Why don't you jump on this one? Give me uh, give me a couple you like, a couple you hate, and uh, we will move. All right. I mean, I overall I don't really like this tier. I mean, this is kind of a combination of guys. There's some big names who just aren't playing well. There's some guys that should be good here but aren't playing well, and then there's some guys that I think are a little bit overrated. So, you know, start at the top. I mean, one of the guys I like is our boy Abraham Answer, and I think that kind of shows how much I don't like this tier and the fact that I actually like him this week. I think he's overrated. I still don't understand why there's this obsession with him. Like everybody wants to think he's this unicorn. When he's not really a unicorn. Most, he's just fucking good, dude. Just I mean, he finished twenty eight. golfer. What was his DK scoring? Right? I didn't bet him. I don't top, know. I, I didn't really have much exposure. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll tell you. Go ahead, keep talking about All right. Well, anyways, I mean, listen, the ball striking—it's fine. You know, the numbers around the greens—it's fine. I think a lot of people are caught up in some of his performances earlier on the season rather than recently. Listen, he's a good player, and I—he's—I like him just because in relation to everybody else, there isn't really a whole lot to deal with this week. So if he does play well, this is a good golf course for him. I just—I don't feel great doing it, but he's one of the guys that popped up that I like this week. Um, Paul Casey, he was really bad last week. He had a better weekend, but he started off really poorly. This is a golf course where, you know, at these golf courses where everything's point and shoot, everything's right in front of you. You got to hit the ball straight. You know, that tends to be a golf course that fits his style. I think I like him this week too. You know, this is another golf course where it should so Billy Horschel's game, but he has been really bad lately. He hasn't been good since the Wyndham, but he has really good history at all these correlated golf courses like Murfield Village, Sea Island, TBC Sawgrass. You know, maybe that wakes him up this week. Um, 
And then Brendan Todd, you know, I mean, 7,000 bucks. I think he might be a little popular, but all the guy does is hit fairways and the ball striking numbers look bad. But when you get them into some of these correlated golf courses that suits his game, it can elevate a little bit and then you just start rolling in pots, you know, to post a good score. Um, you know, he showed really well at TBC Ripper Highlands earlier this summer. That's a golf course is very similar to this, you know, as far as some of the principles that work there. So those are my play. There's a couple other guys I like too, but I'll, I'll let you talk as far as, you know, you'll probably mention some of the other ones I had in mind as well. Yeah, you're probably right. So uh, I'm on answer again too. Although I'm probably less on answer this week. I just wanted to do a little victory lap for last week. He did fine last week. He did fine, but I didn't like the way he played that much over the weekend. Like it was, uh, it seemed like a struggle. But in his price point, like whatever, I'm fine. Fuck Paul Casey. Like yes, fuck the Englishman. Uh, but seriously, he sucks. Uh, uh, um, I, what what is Cam Smith gonna do to get some love from you, Steve? That well, I mean, I just. Falls off. Like I feel like it's been three weeks in a row now, and and he's mispriced. I mean, he he is. He's been pretty good. The iron play has actually been pretty good. The putting number's been pretty good. I think he's he's some some way I'm going to mention earlier for me a first round leader consideration. Ah, uh, I'm going to have a top twenty prop on him this week too. So yeah, I mean if if I if I like both, then naturally I probably should throw him in DFS as well. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it, it just he, I'll see, I'll so, see, I'll see. Let's go. He's he's really ugly on the stat sheet, and that probably is why I just he's been so low. He's ugly in real life. That is a that is a that is an ugly looking dude. Uh, yeah, he's that's he didn't get uh, blessed by you know. <laughs> by that but I'm back. I'm back on Munez too. Uh, that dude has done nothing but do well for me every time I put him in, man. Like seriously, like I, I wrote him last week, wrote him week before. Like uh, he's just. Another mispriced guy. He just came top ten last week, and this is this is a weaker field than what he just fought against last week, right? What do you think? I mean, I don't think it's weaker, but I agree with the mispriced. I'm not sure why he's only seven two hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it, why did he get bumped? Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure. He's a lock button for me. Uh, fades for me. Um, I'll save the big one for you. I always fade Ricky because fuck his orange pants. He's not good anymore. Um, and oh, you know, I actually forgot to mention that everybody's kind of off that I kind of like for no apparent reason other than gut feeling Gary Woodland. I like him this week. See, he burned me last week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no, it's, it's, no, it's he was a dialing last week. So like everybody's off him. So I'll sprinkle a little bit. I'm not saying I love him. I'm just saying like, I'll probably have him like 10, 15%. Just I, I'm off the same problems he had, you know, up until the U.S. Open, it was the exact same problems last week. It's it, it's not there right now, so I, I'm, right. I'm I'm off. Yeah, right. And uh, Justin Rose, uh, yeah. once again, hate a stupid hat, hate a stupid commercials. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, listen, Justin Rose, I think is just it's unusable right now. Um, just until we see something, like same thing with Ricky. Like these two guys are in the same boat. Just like what have they shown? that makes you want to throw him in the DFS lineup right now. When do you think Ricky's going to bring his old putter back? I mean, it'll probably, they were talking about in the broadcast. It'll probably happen soon, but I just, I look at the ball striking number and it's not inspiring. I mean, that's really what's going on right now. Like, I mean, if, if he had good ball striking numbers and he's going through some swing changes right now, whatever it is, it's not working. So I do guys who are so fucking good. You're like, Hey, you know what? You change some shit up. No, no, you don't need to change it up. Get whatever you're doing is working. Make that better. Don't completely change how you're doing it. Like unless you're a pitcher in baseball who had Tommy John, you're going to learn how to, you know, you can't throw 98 anymore. You got to go throw 91. So you learn how to pitch a little different. Like why are you completely changing your fucking swing or your putter? Like it makes no fucking sense to me. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm not sure exactly what is going on with the swing change and why he's doing it. Maybe he's trying to chase distance. I'm not really sure, but it yeah. just, it, it's not the working. Price and effect. 
Yeah. I mean, a couple of other guys I don't like here. And I mean, it's mostly the big names. I don't like here. Like Phil Mickelson is 7,500 bucks. And it's only because he won the senior tour last week. And a lot of people fell for that last time. He won the senior tour event and people liked him the next week. And he was awful. Same thing's going to happen again this week. Like guys, there is so much a difference between a wide fairway soft where they play forward T senior tour where he's longer than everybody. Listen, don't get hit bombs still. I mean, he can come out here and hit bombs, but you can't hit bombs here. So it doesn't fucking matter. No, it's not going to go well for him. He's going to put it in someone's pool, you know, <laughs> if he does it here. And then, I mean, like Adam Scott, like I like the idea of Adam Scott. It just, it, it, he just has not been inspired ever since, you know, the, you know, the restart since he came back, Jason day. No, like I, he's going to be popular. I know he had great ball striking numbers, but like, it, it's, it's like there, there's that MTV dating show called next back, like 15 years ago where they come off the bus and then they immediately just go next. That's him. He's coming off the bus with his neck. Dude, I, fucking I don't want anything to do with him. Show. Next. <laughs> I fucking forgot about that show. I was already done with MTV when my wife would be watching some shit like that. I didn't like, oh, dude, like some of the trash they used to put on that fucking channel. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, funny. Awful. I completely. Um, all right. So, all right, listen, before we go completely dumps the dive and sub seven and start getting to our bets. Listen, come prop up with Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy app for player props. Listen, the response for the SGP listeners for Thrive Fantasy has been amazing. So they're hooking up the listeners with a $1,000 free roll for the Big Eagles and Giants Thursday night game. That's right, the $1,000 free roll. Use the password DGEN to enter the game. That's the password DGEN. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact of the game. If the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 available player props and build your lineup. If the NBA, PGA, and MLB and esports, you choose five out of 10 player props to build it. Um, so listen, uh, we'll, we'll, we can talk about some guys now. We'll give you a quick lineup at the end. We are running super long today. So we'll give you a quick run through uh, at the end here uh, with the batting. We'll definitely get, get, because listen, I love Thrive. All right. Uh, I use, I, I, I do every round. I even tweeted them last week. Like, yo, give me my fourth round Thrive. Like I hit four or five. I keep missing the five or five to be able to take it down. I literally have not hit less than four or five every fucking round. And I need that fourth round to finally hit, man. And they're not giving it to me. Um, but listen, <laughs> so each prop is assigned uh, player value, just like the over under based on uh, how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a, pri- a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly and has awarded over $1.6 million in cash prizes. So listen, go use the promo code SGP. And when you sign up today, you will receive an instant match up to 50 bucks on your first deposit with only a four times rollover. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store and Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. And don't forget the promo code SGP. Yeah, dude, I, I love I, this is fun. I'm, I'm so bad at the football ones, though, like, it, like because they forced me to pick the props that I'm, I'm like, ah, this fucking coin flip or whatever. I have no and it's a game that I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> so I have no, you know what I mean? But with the golf, I'm like, oh, here we go. There we go. There we go. I'm good with that. Like, yeah, the the golf ones are great. Like I said last week, I love props, and uh, that was the first time I actually used Thrive last week, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I had cash in a couple of them, and that was uh, I'm definitely on board again this week with it. Yeah, let's go. All right, so dumps and diving time, baby. Under seven thousand. Let's keep it short and sweet. Give us some. Uh, give us some. Uh, some diamonds in the rough down here. I watch. Yeah. Diamonds. So kind of like my similar thinking with Billy Horschel, like Kevin Kisner is the type of guy who would do well here. The problem is he just isn't playing well. He hasn't played well since the Northern trust. 
you know, he's played well at correlated golf course of this. Maybe that can wake him up too. Uh, as far as like another guy, Kevin Streelman checks a lot of boxes. He's has pretty good, you know, at the correlated golf courses, the stats show pretty well too. He's gaining about 0.6 per round T to green uh, over his last four tournaments that probably will play well to here too. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes, you know, it's a little bit of a misnomer that, you know, people think he's just a short accurate guy. He actually isn't that he's pretty inaccurate. Uh, I think taking the driver out of his hands this week is going to do wonders for him. He can keep the ball in play. We always really good putter. That's an area I like too. All right. So uh, my guys, uh, so last week I did the opposite, right? I took uh, my, my player uh, prop was Hadwin uh, versus Connors. I took Hadwin that worked out uh, sneaky though. Uh, Connors, while hacking up that golf course, scored 75 or 76 DraftKings points and hmm. finished up in like 48th place. That dude can score. Uh, I like a good bounce back for him. Um, he's my D-Gen special. Like, he really is. Like, I am I am so in <laughs> on Connors this week. I really well, am. Well, it's because Keegan's not in the field, so you can't take him. Listen, man. <laughs> I'm gonna start making a rule. You always make Keegan or DJ special. I made him twice. I just made him twice, and and he, and he fit both times, and he did good both times. Uh, listen, it's not my fault he fit the mold, and he's fucking Irish from Boston. It's not my fault. The um, and my other guys, uh, Higgs, man. How can you not like this fucking guy? How can you yeah, not I like mean, this guy? Like his personality alone makes you root for this dude. His weekend wasn't great, but another sneaky thing, like I went and looked, I said, man, he's he was like 48th or something like that, and. He still ended up with seventy something DraftKings points. I'm like, all right, let's go. Like this is you're you're perfectly fine at that at, at whatever the fucking price he is in the six thousands. Um, and listen, we have to mention speed at sixty nine hundred. We have to just for Tommy, okay? Just for Tommy Lathrop inside Slack channel joke, okay? Uh, listen, I told him he was properly priced today, and you should have seen the fucking look on his face. He's like, no, no. He's on value. Like, no, no, he's properly priced. He's an under seven thousand dollar golf. No, he he's overpriced. I mean, there's nothing to it. And I, I'm gonna save talking about Jordan Spieth for later, so you know, I'll, I'll save my speech there. But so back back to Harry Higgs real quick. So, um, you know, so good news for him. In the last four tournaments, he's been great. He's gaining about 0.7 strokes per round overall on the field. The only bad news is you look at these correlated golf courses. He has been bad. He's actually losing 1.3 strokes per round on the field. Now that's just because he's a young guy. You know, he probably just is a different player now, but that's a giant red flashing red, you know, oh, yeah. red, you know, red oh, signal there. So, but listen, I, I like Harry Higgs too. I I'd go for it. Yeah. yeah. Listen, and he was going to be my DJ special. That's how I looked at correlating courses and I was like, no. But like you said, he's young, so it's just a small sample size of that dude. And did you see that? Did you see that video of the dude uh, rolling up next to him in the uh, in the car on the way to the last week's thing? I did not actually. Playing, and he started playing the uh, 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 the what's that fucking cranberry juice song? Stevie Stevie Nicks. What the fuck is it? I can't think of it. What? You know, I'm talking about the guy with the skateboard with the cranberry juice. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Stevie Nicks. Bro, oh, <laughs> that's, that's a little before my time. Uh, yeah, well, either way, this thing went insanely viral, right? So this is this dude. For everyone listening to the podcast, I ex- I apologize to have to have terribly explain this to Steve. Like, bro, are you not on the internet at all? I know you're not on Twitter, but did you not see? There was a, so here's the deal. This homeless dude, right? He's living with his brother. He's obviously he's skating. He's like this old uh, Chicano dude from L.A. He's skateboarding down the road. He's got like a neck tattoo, and he's listening to Stevie Nicks. And, uh, and all of a sudden he turns up this cranberry juice. Right. And it's like, uh, what the fuck is the name of the song? Guys, 
listen, I, I'm old and I've been drinking. I've had a long fucking week already. Uh, but I can't believe you haven't seen this fucking video. It's literally, you must live under a rock. Well, you know what I need? I need to take the video of you just doing that right now and put it on the Slack channel. That was... You know, <laughs> I was trying to make the song click in my I'm, head, I'm man. I'm figure out a way to put that up on the Slack channel. That was pretty great. <laughs> that, that Now I know exactly what you're talking about because Capper did the perfect impression of it that right there. Listen, listen, it, it was. Listen, I don't, either way, regardless. So uh, he did a video of that. Uh, Higgs did a video of that on like the golf cart or whatever. And he was laughing, drinking up the cranberry juice, like da 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 da, and uh, and whatever. And then so some dude pulled up this past week and uh, blasted that song in the car, and he started laughing and bobbing his head. He's a uh, yeah, like whatever. He's funny. I can't believe you don't know what the fuck that is. Like seriously, my wife knows what that is. Like, do you, you go on the internet at all other than data golf? I mean, honestly, it's mostly Danikoff. <laughs> right. I, 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 I pretty much live there. Holy Christ, have we just diverged all over the place on this fucking podcast. Jesus. All right. First time listeners, it's not usually this much of a shit show. I mean, it kind of is sometimes, but this is uh, all right. All right. Give us your big shot, homie. What do you got? Well, I mean, this is in reference to earlier and the fact that I've heard a lot of hate on Tiger Woods. And I, I think he's going to show well this week. You know, you can get him as a top 10 at three to one. I think. I'm going to bet that this week, I think he's going to, you know, like it's a golf course that should fit his game. The weather looks pretty nice too. We don't have, really have a whole lot of concerns about colder weather, that back step, you know, stiffen up like it has at a couple of these other golf courses he's been to. I like him this week. I'm going to bet it. And I, th- I think he's going to get everybody excited, you know, on the eve of the masters. All right. I like it. And so I just Googled it. Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks. I couldn't think of the fucking band's name. Right. So Fleetwood Mac. And it's just the rumor song. And it's like, it's just about like, Whatever. It doesn't matter. I just wanted you to know. Fleetwood Mac rumors. I had to Google it. It was going to make me fucking insane. Um, all right. So, all right. Let's give our Thrive lineup real quick. Um, what is your favorite? We'll just go back and we'll go back and forth. One, one. And that's it. Sure. So, uh, you know, picking right off of our conversation with Jordan Spieth, I like under 11 and a half pars, uh, kind of like the, the one with Rory last week, then I'm hitting just because he's a huge roller coaster every round. You know, he'll hit three straight birdies. Then he'll have three straight bogeys. Uh, I, I like that one. He's just, he's so all over a place with it. So that was under the, 11 and a half pars. That's literally my first pick as well. That's it. And, and so I, I've had real good luck with those under 11 and a half. I even hit. JT last weekend for under 12 and a half. That was a sweat. Uh, but I mean, look, Eagles and double bogeys don't count, right? I mean, that counts for, you know, you, you need, well, that was a par or bogey one. So yeah, man, like, let's go. Like, that's a good one. All right. What's your next one? So the next one is, is Phil Mickelson over two and a half bogeys. And that's just because, I mean, listen, this is not the senior two where there's a lot of places you can get in trouble there. The one thing that actually I learned the hard way about, and, and thankfully Brooks Kepka and a bogey in the last hole is Double bogeys don't count. It has to be exactly exactly bogeys. a bogey. I was, I, I was a little triggered by that. I, I was like, "Come <laughs> on, dude, are you kidding me with this?" So Gotta read the I, rules, man. So there, read the rules. A, so there is, I guess, a risk of Phil Nicholson just making a bunch of double bogeys and he doesn't actually get there. But I mean, listen, I don't think he's going to play well. I'm going to take the over on that prop. So I had I had Phil penciled in uh, a little scribbled out. For some reason, he in my brain, I don't know if this is true or not. In my brain, he usually plays okay in the first round, so I scribbled that the fuck out. Uh, but I took uh, Tiger under sixty nine and a half strokes. Okay, so you're, so you're all right. So yeah, three under me as far as three under on the first one. Yeah, okay, under. yeah. I mean, I think that was one of my backup ones, but I, I like that yeah. one. Uh, I mean, my next one hundred and ten so, points. I, I was surprised. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll definitely take the under. I mean, I, I think that just speaks to the general attitude about Tiger. This I, I think just people don't like him. So maybe we should push. Maybe we should push all the others too. 
maybe. So, all right. I mean, so my next one is a uh, Rory over three and a half birdies. Um, you know, that's it's 80 points, but the fact there's five par fives, I, I think he can get that. And uh, I, you know, say what you will. Like, I think he's a little psychotic on the scorecard sometimes, but yeah, I yeah, absolutely. get three and a half birdies. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter. He can have, he can have nine bogeys. It gives a shit. As long as he has four birdies, you're good. I don't give a shit. He shoots plus five. As long as he fucking has a couple of birdies on there. Uh, so I'm going back to the well, uh, Rob, over a half an eagle for 150 points. That many par fives, some short par fours, and like whatever. Yeah, like it's worth 150 points. Yeah, I mean th- this one, I'm a little more amenable to that because last yeah. week I just didn't think there's a lot of opportunities. Dude, these he, gave, he gave himself two legit birdie, lo- uh, birdie looks, two legit eagle looks, and three like this is a shot on, on that first day. Okay, on that first day. All right. So no, there, there's more of a chance this week. I mean, all the par fives for him are gettable. So he can do it. Uh, My next one is under five and a half birdies for Hideki Matsuyama. That just seems like a lot of birdies for a guy who isn't striking his irons well and can't putt. So it's only 70 points, but I just look at that. I'm like, that's overpriced. So I, 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 I'm going to take the under on that one. I'm going the other way, baby. Let's go. I'm taking Hideki over five and a half because it's worth 130 points. uh, And look, I really think I'm not trying to come off like weird or whatever, but like, look, this is a, this is a Japanese sponsor. I'm sure he uh, wants to do well. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, you know, I mean, it's just like if, if an American was playing over in Japan, right. You'd want to show well for the American sponsor. Uh, and dude, I'm telling you, this is my, this is my last week on him, man. I'm pushing it. Let's go. You can do it with the I know you can. All right. Last one. What you got? All right. Last one is I, I, I think there might be a little bit of a hangover concern. Not, I mean, for Xander Schauffele, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how the, the golf course really fits him. I'm going to take over 68 and a half uh, opening round score. I think he gets off to a little bit of a slow start. You got, and I'm going to take uh, JT under 12 and a half pars and bogeys. Right. So listen, I, that doesn't mean I think he's going to shoot six under. I mean, he means you could get an Eagle, a double bogey, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I just think that's a, I feel like that's fine. Like, it, it, listen, it comes down to the seven. You're sweating it the whole time too. So maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> maybe that's why I All like right. these ones. Cause I sweat them down to 17th and 18th, but those are my thrive lineup picks. And listen, before we go, I uh, gotta let you know that we're also brought to you by ace per head. Have you ever thought about starting your own sports book? But don't know how Ace Perhead is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated and up to the second waiters and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer service supporting 24/7, and they have some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Perhead offers live betting and an amazing, amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just AcePerhead.com/sgp. That's AcePerhead.com/sgp. All right. Betting time, baby. Who do you like for your outrights? All right. So there's three guys who are in the low 20 to one range that I really like that. I've mentioned a lot tonight. Probably all, all really the same guys. Yeah. So Hatton 20 to one more yep. power, 22 to one Patrick Reed, 22 to one. I mean, I I've said a lot of praise for all those guys. I like the prices there. Those yeah. are three. I like uh, going a little higher there. You know, I got a funny feeling about Matthew Fitzpatrick this week, 35 to one. I like that price. I like his form. I like his fit for this golf course. I'm willing to take a shot there. Finally get his first win on America. And then song JM, I mean, 50 to one, I'm kind of, maybe this is a little bit influenced just because of what I saw in data golf. This is actually good value yeah. and I like his form lately. So I'm going to go with those five. And I don't think we get it. I know last week we got an 80 to one long shot winning. I, I think it's yeah. going to be, I think it's going to be one of the better players this week. 
I had, I had, the, I had, I had the same three you did uh, off top with the with the short odds, and yeah, I mean we're on the same page. All of them. I don't know if that's good or not. That's probably oh. bad. That's <laughs> probably bad. All right. Uh, so our first round leader. Uh, we know uh, people love the first round leader. So uh, I'm going Reed twenty eight to one, Connors eighty to one, Higgs ninety to one. All right. I mean, so, so I mean, I'm not gonna. Sp- I'm not going to say the ones that are like 40 to one. Cause I mean, like those are really good players. So I'm, I'm going to say the little bit of the longer shot. Yeah, absolutely. So, that, that's what, yeah. so that's the, that those are, for some reason, I feel like those hit more than the shorter odds. I really do. Like, yeah, I mean, and maybe it's just because better players kind of like pick their way around a golf yeah, course. Yeah, they're like, first. all right, I'm going to feel this golf course out a little bit. And then you got the guys who are like trying to make the cut and they know that this is a tough field. They're going out and shooting their balls off the first quarter. Well, I think another reason too is like guys who are little that have lower odds now, they generally are better putters. They don't have as good of a ball striking. So they generally just get really hot with their putters and they just get out to a big lead. So, you know, I mean, some of these like boomer bus guys, you're like a Cam Smith, he's 60 to one. He's been hitting his irons really good. Been I like really it too. Well. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lance Griffin, I don't think he's a good fit for this golf course and that can hold up for four days, but he's been hitting his irons well, been putting well lately too. He's 66 to one. Brendan Todd is 70 to one. That's a guy who get lights out with his putter. Kevin Kisner's the same. He's also 70 to one. Kevin stream 80, 80 to one. I think he's just a good fit for this golf course. He might show pretty well there. And then Mackenzie Hughes, 90 to one, you know, we all know what he can do there. So <laughs> I think those are five or six pretty good long shots. To just yeah. dart at. I like them all. I like the Cam Smith one too. I really like that one. I should put that one. In there too. I don't know how I skipped that one. Um, all right. So you got any uh, matchups you like? So on my bookie, um, there were no head to head matchups. Um, so no, yeah, they, they'll put it up. They're just a little late to it. They're a little late. So it's on Tuesday. So they only had the 72 whole groups. And, uh, so I took, uh, answer, uh, it was plus 400 and read, uh, plus 280 out of their groups. You can go on my to go check out who they're playing against. Yeah. And like, I, I, I'm only doing the, the, the two of them and, and they're going to have the same ones that all the other books are just a little late to it. So I'll just go over yeah. the ones they will put up. Yeah, absolutely. So Kevin Streelman uh, is going to get matched up against camp champ this week at minus 135. This is not a camp champ golf course. It just, anytime you take the driver out of his hands, it just, it doesn't go well for him. He's not good anywhere else. So I like Kevin Streelman there. Uh, John Rahm is going to get paired against Rory McIlroy this week. He's going to get paired with, uh, with all the favorites, but I, I like him over McIlroy. I think Rahm's going to have a good week. I don't think Rory's, Rory's going to have a very good week. Um, I'm going to fade your boy, Daniel. Burger. Uh, he's no longer my boy. He's, he's not my boy, boy now. Listen, oh, we're not, no, we're not married. Listen, we're just doing a Tinder date, bro. That's it. Just a Tinder date. We're going to see how it goes. You know, all right. Well, he's, he's got that whap. Maybe I stick around a little bit. All right. Well, he's paired up against Victor Hovland this week. And I like Hovland a lot more than him this week. So I'll take that. Oh, yeah. um, right. So Matthew Wolf is paired up against Cantley this week. And Wolf is significant underdog. I see him at plus 130 on a couple of other books. It's probably going to be around that price in my bookie. Let's go. I like taking Wolf as the underdog there. And and my bookie does actually one of the unique features that you don't see that in a lot of other books. They actually give you strokes as well. Mm-hmm. So if they Uh-oh. if you get plus one and a half strokes, you get you have to pay a little bit of juice on it. But I, I like that for him. I just I don't see really with Cantley what's going on. Other than there's narrative street that he's a California kid playing a California golf course. It just the form just hasn't really been there. Uh and then you know, listen, I was on Mark Leishman last week. He put up a really good fight against Ben on made it interesting. was bad on the final round to lose it. It's a rematch from a prop. I took at East Lake Mackenzie Hughes is paired up against Mark Leishman this week. I'm going to go back to, well, I think Hughes beats him again. That's it. Uh, that is perfectly fine. <laughs> I think you're perfectly good on that. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, I think we recap that pretty good. Uh, dude, listen, we made it. We made it to our normal time. No, See, 
Well, there's nothing just, to worry about. We will always hit our 90. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if we were, if I didn't remind us, it, 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 listen, we were deep. This would have been at least an hour and 45 minute podcast if we didn't hurry up and speed up. But this listen, would have been a college experience one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, we already get made fun of it being long. So listen, uh, listen, follow me, uh, Boston underscore Gapper uh, on Twitter. Come to the Slack channel, man. The Slack channel is where Steve drops literally encyclopedias of knowledge just on us to be able to decipher and, and make winning bets all weekend. Uh, I'm going to send out the fucking listener league again. This time I'll do it in the SGP network thing. I guess I haven't been clicking the right button. Once again, I'm a caveman uh, at the start of this podcast. Me and my, uh, <laughs> me and Steve couldn't figure out my mic wasn't working because I had the volume turned on. That's why. Um, and <laughs> and uh, you can follow Steve on Slack. Go to Reddit, find his shit there, upvote it. Um, listen, we need rate, review, subscribe. Listen, tell your friends. I don't care. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, do whatever you need to do. Um, once again, listen, football season is going to come to an end. And uh, listen, golf, you can win money too, baby. Let's go. Uh, for myself, Boston Capper, and Steve Shermer, this is Golf Game Podcast and uh, Green Screens, motherfuckers. Let's go. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.